Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Join Stacy and learn from her 20 years of experience as she shares top-notch advice on marketing best practices for brands and walks you through how to leverage entertainment content and influencer partnerships to increase your brand's overall consumer engagement and most importantly, your sales. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and today I'm going to finish my story about the cyber fraud that happened to my agency so that you as a business owner can hopefully keep the same from happening to you. In my last two podcasts, I laid out the background to what happened. And if you haven't listened yet, make sure you go back and do so as you need to see the big picture. This all happened in less than an hour. One hour, and my agency's hard-earned money that took over a decade to earn went out the door, and it was impossible to get back. So onward with my story of cyber fraud. Well, let's start with what I did to try to stop it. The emails did continue from the cyber criminal, asking over and over again for the confirmation paperwork. And the FBI had me continue to communicate with them in order to bait them and keep them engaged. But it was too late. The cyber criminal knew about the transfer. They had the reference number, and they moved the money immediately. In fact, the FBI later informed me that the likelihood of my ever seeing my money again was nil, non-existent, zero, not happening. That as soon as that initial money was wired, an alert would have gone to the account holder, who would have then triggered an immediate wire likely to Russia from that Hong Kong bank, and from there, Nigeria, which is indeed what happened. In the meanwhile, I was feverishly working to have Hong Song Bank and HSBC stop the wire transfer, or Citibank, anyone, all three of these banks were involved. As the Hong Kong Bank had not opened yet when the transfer was made, it was in the middle of their night, and I did manage to connect to their fraud division, one would have thought it would be possible to have stopped the transfer. It wasn't possible. They didn't believe me. And it wasn't because I didn't speak Chinese. I even had an email transcribed to send them by someone I trusted from China. When I contacted the bank, I was asked for the police case report number for both the U.S. and for Hong Kong, and then told they could do nothing, including stopping the transfer, until they had it. As time was not on my side and the Hong Kong police do not answer the phone, everything is through their website, I had a near impossible task to accomplish. I raced to file paperwork in the U.S. and in Hong Kong, to not hear again from the Hong Kong police for weeks and then months, and the FBI attaché in Hong Kong also got involved immediately, and they were turned away by Hong Song Bank as well as by the Hong Kong police. Once the cybercrime occurred, it was impossible for me to do anything to end it. The train had left the station. My agency's money was gone forevermore. And I'm not one to give up, and using my own PR skills, I wrote feverish pleas, demands, and I begged for assistance through all known channels at Citibank, Hong Song Bank, and HSBC. By the way, HSBC, the banking group, actually owns Hong Song Bank. I went to the highest executive levels available. I hit their C-suites. And while I did get responses, very formal responses, no one could or would help. The banking system is utterly broken when it comes to assisting consumers with fraud. The banks will not help you. The system needs to be fixed. Oh, and the best part? The cyber criminal 
They came back for more money. The next day, I received this email. I need you to take care of another international wire transfer. Can I send you the account details? Also, kindly email me the paperwork once done. Sent from my iPhone. My mother said the other day that I've always had a very extensive vocabulary. And seemingly, it's also very colorful. I have no four-letter words left to say in my arsenal after that lovely email was received. I'm sure I said four-letter words in many other languages, too. And then they came back and asked for even more money than they had before. I later learned that others had reported as early as February 2016, six months prior to our cyber attack, the IP address that the emails originated were from an address reported for being used for malicious cybercrime attempting to have the recipient send wire transfers by spoofing the corporate email address. The things you can learn on the web by Googling. By the way, that's IP address 173.201.193.44. Yep, I know how to find IP addresses now too. So, protecting yourself. How do you do it? Why is there not a safety check system in place with banks? How can we be so vulnerable as a society to attacks? Before you think you have your business completely locked down to cyber criminals, rethink it. You probably don't. There are just too many ways companies are now getting hacked. Just recently, one of my friends had her entire company server taken over by a pirate ransom attack, asking for obscene amounts of money to get the files back. So what happens with the pirate ransom attack is everything freezes and you get this little warning and you can't do anything. You can't access your files. Your hard drive is in lockdown. She luckily had a solid backup system in place that allowed her IT to save her from paying out. She simply said screw it and shut down her server forever and bought new computers for everyone in her company. Now that's still an expensive solution, but it was a solution as the ransom was very high too. And there are some very expensive cybercrime insurance plans that you can purchase for your business, something my own insurance broker had no knowledge of before our attack. But we know now. From talking to computer experts and FBI agents, it's likely the cybercriminals had accessed my emails and computer. My frozen computer was timed too perfectly. I very likely had a malware installed that made my being available via email through that specific device purposely impossible. My IT company, when I've talked to them about this, they had no clue. And it's also likely the criminals had access to my calendar, which listed then the days I was traveling or out of the office. This entire cyber scam was planned to a perfect T. I was not in my office to stop the fraud. I've become an ardent saver of cyber fraud emails as we get them on a daily basis, and I'm sure you do too. I actually created my own form of self-healing from this experience by sending back some crazily crafted responses to what I think of these cyber fraud email senders. And I found a pattern that they are often timed to periods where I should not be around the office. Am I now simply paranoid? Maybe, very likely. But better safe than sorry. And here's business owner mistake number four, antivirus software. It's another thing we did wrong. We didn't have the proper malware and antivirus security protocol on all of the ways someone can attack you. We have Malwarebytes and Norton Antivirus, but it didn't work on phones. 
which is in fact why the cybercriminals' emails got to the bookkeeper. I cannot confidently say that our team or our IT department was then keeping everything up to date as possible. And I know for a fact that sometimes employees clicked and still do on things they shouldn't. But when your computer software says update now, you really should update it. Our spam software on our email did recognize the emails as not being legitimate. If the bookkeeper had been working from a laptop or a desktop versus phone, she never would have received the original emails. It would have gone to her junk folder and spam folder. When you research cybercrime, the statistics are horrifying and the tricks mind-boggling. The same crime ring that likely got my money was part of a giant ring based in Nigeria for millions and millions of dollars that was busted just days after my own loss. Police arrested a man near my own age, a 40-year-old cybercriminal named Mike, in a joint operation with Interpol and Nigerian Economic and Finance Crime Commission just days after my loss. The suspected mastermind of a web of cybercrime scams thought to have cost victims worldwide more than $60 million. Knowing this does not lessen my pain or ease my company's loss. We got none of that money back. And that's how I learned that I really am, in fact, likely unwittingly, a large benefactor to the purchase of illegal guns being used for warfare in Nigeria. Or at least, that's what the FBI agents told me. Who would have thunk that? So that brings us to business owner mistake five. Plan money transfer what-ifs. I will never thank those criminals who on August 3rd came barreling into my life, causing destruction, mayhem, and turmoil. Or the bookkeeper who immediately quit because she just couldn't handle the stress of what she had just caused and was scared it would send her out of remission from her disease. All because the simple step of checking in via phone or text to make sure the wire request was legit was missed by her. And I'll take her mistake on as my fault. I actually don't blame her for what she did. She was trying to be a good employee by doing anything I needed. But I am also someone who believes in accountability and that people need to step up after they admit their mistakes and help fix the situation. Running doesn't do that. And ultimately, in the long run, the responsibility for all of this as owner of this agency was mine, which means I've committed business owner mistake number five. You must have a pre-discussed process with your team in place for any large movement of money. But all of this did have a side effect. That pain, that sorrow, and anger that resulted from my financial loss has caused me to reset my priorities and what and who I'm willing to put up with. At the time of our cybercrime, I had some staff on my team that, well, let's just say they were not exactly ideal to work with, whether by their personality, their capability, or just having come to a point where they stopped growing. They made my life and others on the team really uncomfortable, trying to deal with making the office environment positive, or picking up the slack that others dropped. It wasn't fun. But I'm one of those bosses who doesn't like to fire, and I can find reasons of worth for even the most incapable individual. It's an issue that plagues many business owners and bosses, I've learned. And we all see something of ourselves and others, and we take their own individual incompetencies as our own to fix. You want to be the nice guy. You want to foster growth. You know that people are capable of stepping up, and it's hard sometimes to realize that for whatever reason, they just never will, at least not under your roof. As an agency, there's a standard percentage of adjusted gross income that you must earn that translates to the net income percentage you take home. It's like that for all businesses. For advertising agencies, that number is around $5,000 you get to keep 
for every $85,000 that you bill out, which was a very hard pill to swallow when I realized the true size of my loss from the actual billing of millions of dollars and the forecast of the future of what that money would be worth invested down through the years. Devastating, in fact. But here's the reality. More money can always be made. I do it every year. I had an option to call it quits, to give up, to find a new challenge in life. But that's not me. I'm a fighter. I fully, to my heart and soul, believe in the strength of the company I have built. I know we are excellent at what we do and that we make a difference to the brands we work with. We give our all to every project to make it the best it can be. Instead of calling it quits and laying down crying, and there were many days where tears were shed, I've spent the last two years attending agency owner conferences to better learn how to run a profitable agency. I've taken a deeper look at what service offerings are profitable and continue to tweak and make changes. I've fired some clients who just were not good partners. I've looked at my staffing and made some hard calls and cuts. As I now know, I only want those on my team who are going to truly give it their all and do so with a positive attitude. I've looked at my staffing and made some hard calls and cuts. As I now know, I only want those on my team who are going to truly give it their all and do so with a positive attitude. And I have right now the best team in place that I have ever had. I've doubled down on my business. The stakes are high and they always are for entrepreneurs. Failure can be just around the corner. The risks sometimes surprising. After all, I certainly never thought of cybercrime taking me down to my knees. But the rewards and pride of still being in business despite the odds of my making it are worth it all. I counsel all those that work for me as well as advise others that they should stay in their jobs as long as they are learning, as long as they are growing. And boy, I am getting to grow and learn in ways I never have before. My mission now? To continue to grow my agency and create stellar consumer engagement campaigns through entertainment content and influencers. I love it and my agency rocks at it. In fact, feel free to give us a call. We have quite a bit of lost money we still need to make back, although we are definitely back in the black. To have an agency positioned on both the individual growth of employees and the company overall. I found that I get great satisfaction from tapping into the nurturing side of myself and that my business flourishes when I do so and to help ensure that no other business owner loses their hard-earned money to cyber criminals, because no one deserves that level of pain and loss after working so hard to obtain it. And every day, I take a moment to relish the fact that I'm not, in fact, broken. I've survived the setback. I've grown from it. My sheer will has ensured my business is now thriving. This cybercrime had me emotionally and financially hit rock bottom, and I've changed how I look at both myself, my business, and my team members. While my overall expectations have risen, my understanding of each of them as people trying to actually do a good job is better being recognized by me. I look at time differently and actively seek time and solitude to think and just be. After losing 10 years of savings, you must question the value of what you spend time doing to make sure activities are worthwhile on their own and not just for the money. I'm more forgiving of myself, and I've also learned that I will no longer put up with crap. I work too hard, and life is just too short. And how did my team celebrate our 10th anniversary? I took a play out of the Super Bowl. We went to Disneyland. We've won, even though every day may bring a new challenge of the most unexpected kind. They always do. But we will be there ready to continue fighting on. Our podcasts always talk about how you can do entertainment marketing better, and this podcast is obviously just a little different. It's a little more personal, and it's about doing your whole business better. 
knowing what to keep your eyes out for, how to safeguard yourself, and also trying to make a little room and time to be able to be in the moment and cognizant of what's happening around you. As a business owner, if you have questions about what I've experienced and since learned about cybercrime, I'm more than happy to share. I really am. Just send me an email, stacy at hollywoodbranded.com, and we can chat. And as I mentioned before, if you do know a brand or agency that could use a little help with building their own brand through content or celebrity and influencer partnerships and product placement, keep us in mind and send them our way. We could still use the love. And stop by hollywoodbranded.com for more tips. You'll also find our library, which has infographics, white papers, ebooks, and videos, or our blog, blog.hollywoodbranded.com, which has hundreds of helpful hints on how to make brand influencer and entertainment content partnerships a success from the get-go. That's it for this episode. It's the last of that trio of podcast conversations about cybercrime. I hope it was helpful. And please let me know if you have any feedback. I'll see you next week. And as always, if you need a little or a lot of help, my agency, Hollywood Branded, is here to lend a hand. If you would leave a review or any questions I can address in the future, I'd really appreciate it as your feedback helps me know my advice is valuable and interesting to you. Are you ready to make the magic of product placement, celebrity event activations, or influencer partnerships help your sales? Visit HollywoodBranded.com to gain access to free content to learn which key tactics best fit your brand. You'll find surveys, webinars, daily blogs, ebooks, and guides, all created to make sure you have access to the best possible marketing practices. Let's make that entertainment marketing magic happen for you.